Hey guys, just before we get into it, we would like to acknowledge our podcast partners in Beyond Blue. If you're feeling low, anxious, or need to talk to someone, please contact the people at Beyond Blue. Their phone number is 1300 224 636. You can visit them on the website as well at www.beyondblue.org.au forward slash get support. Enjoy the episode. Thanks, guys. Johnny, um, it's it's another good another week of lockdown done, um, which is nice for Victorians. Where case numbers, are, I think our two week rolling average today was is down to twelve, um, so again close to that five, and mystery cases down to eleven for the last two week period. So again, also getting down under that that magical five number. Um, so you know, feeling confident we're going to be out of this soon, um, and yeah, just generally. Uh, trying to enjoy the beautiful weather we've got here. How about you? Yeah, mate, same. Um, it has been nice to have some warmer weather and, and it is going better in Victoria than it has been. So I think we're all starting to look on the sunny side now, which is great. Um, but we did just want to we just want to bring you a quick episode today, uh, pretty much because Sean and I are trying to find ways of lining up my wife's and his baby's sleep schedules, um, which is a, a little fun predicament. She's uh, My wife is very tired from working incredibly hours um, and, uh, and we've successfully found a window in Saturday morning here to record a quick episode. So we won't go through our normal um, routine uh, of doing a, a long mental health minute and, and intro. Um, we'll yeah. just power through it this morning. Um, yeah, I, I'm going, I'm generally going well. Um, I've sort of hit a, hit a bit of a turning point in the last week and I'm feeling pretty good. How about you? Yeah, yeah, very well. Um, I've had you know a really positive week with my leg, so I'm, I'm out of the boot around um, around the house, um, which is really good. And um, yeah, like I, I think this week I've got my final scan for my leg, which will be which will be great to get that done. Um, and then yeah, I think um, it's just really getting on with the recovery and getting to enjoy the the summer weather as it comes and and um, and yeah, and getting to enjoy some time with my daughter, and hopefully get to see you soon. That'll be that'll be nice. Yeah, it won't be too long, mate. Um, once once the five kilometer uh, barrier is sort of withdrawn, um, I'll be able to pop down, and we can at least go for a walk in a park together, which would be nice. Um, yeah, won't be as much kissing as normal, but I'm sure it'll be okay. We'll work through that. Um, so the episode probably we wanted to just, bring you today, go. Oh, I was just I was just going to touch on probably probably one one thing. One other reason why we're probably, I think we mentioned on the last podcast, we're kind of holding, waiting for the final list sizes. And I think, um, sounds like from what I was reading last week, it's, it's um, potentially um, we should have a, a bit of a, a bit of a guide to final list sizes this week. Um, I believe the AFL and the yeah, AFL great. Players Association are, are coming very close and it's looking like it's it's not going to be a significant reduction so it's probably not going to cause us to to reset our um i guess our clubs have already reviewed and and um but it's it's looking like we'll go from um main list sizes i think at the moment can be including rookies can be um 44 plus three category b rookies 
and I think it's from what was reported last week um, by AFL Media, which is interesting, um, was that I think it looks like they're going to go back to uh, it'll be 38 main list, um, two rookies and two category Bs potentially. It might, yeah, it might okay, end so... up being 40 main list, but at the, I think it might be. I think it'll be. So effectively, I think that means there's no main list reduction. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's interesting. I think that some. I think that there's a flexibility at the moment to have um, up to 40 main list or down to as small as 38, um, depending on how big your rookie list is. So potentially it's yep. just a slight alteration and, and more prescriptive. Um, but... It doesn't say as we thought. It doesn't seem like it's going to be too drastic where they cut it by six or seven, just because of the way contracts has been set up. Yeah. Um. It, you can't introduce it in one year and expect clubs to change, but they might have a, a few year plan coming ahead. So that'll be, it'll be good to see. But um, today's episode, we're not going to be covering a club because that takes too much time. Um. And instead, we're going to be going through the uh, twenty twenty draft. Um. So. We, we can be honest and upfront in saying that without as much exposure to the players as we normally get, we normally get to go to the champs. We normally have NAB League to watch a lot of footage. Um, our ratings are going to be a lot more restricted than normal um, in the fact that typically we would have players that we would have a really good read on um, and that might push them higher or lower. Um, yeah. This year it is going to be a harder year for us to assess uh, we use the footage that we do have available to make our rankings, but that's that's as best as we can go. Um, so with that as a uh, as a proviso, and what and, I wanted, to... and go. the other proviso is that um, you know I think that uh, you might have mentioned it on a podcast or in one of our chat groups that this year is probably going to be one of the most impactful draft combines ever. Um, I think that yeah, the draft combine this year is going to dictate. A lot of um, uh, a lot of the Victorian and, and um, Tasmanian and, and New South Wales and Queensland talent that's potentially been restricted from from playing. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I definitely. I mean, happy to put ourselves on the line here with a with a bit of a ranking uh, at the moment, but yeah, just I think. Um, a lot of the Victorian assessments are, are based on, you know, our knowledge of them from last year and footage from last year, um, because there's just nothing to look at really this year. Um, and then obviously the South Australian, West Australian boys have definitely um, been able to keep playing, and, and they've definitely jumped up in a lot of cases. So, yeah, and I mean the the ranking system that we'll take you through today is just through to about the top twenty. Um, so Sean and I have both gone through and assessed. So we, we assess things. I think we've said this before in blocks. Um, so while there is some differentiation between potentially one and two and five and six in our minds, there are sort of clumps. So there's typically players that we see as being top three worthy, players that we see as being top 10 worthy and players that we see as being first round worthy. So going through the lists and actually covering off the players that we see in those different groups is probably the best way for us to go. Um, and based on that, I think we have to start with the top group. Um, so I think that we've sort of talked about these, this guy for a while, but um, Jamara Ugelhagen is definitely one of those players in the top group. Yeah, yeah. So um, we've spoken about him a lot. He's tied to the uh, he's tied to the Bulldogs. Um, 
195 centimeters, I think was the last measurement for him. Um, and, you know, heading up towards 90 kilos, um, put all the runs on the board last year, uh, played for the Oakley Chargers. Uh, I think he goes to Scotch College as well. Um, just a really, really um, fantastic talent, um, I guess. Uh, comparisons are, are made to Buddy. I, I don't. I don't think that's probably a fair comparison. Um, I wouldn't want to put that on anyone, given given that I think Lance Franklin's probably a generational player who we won't see the likes of for a little while. Um, if if I compared him to probably anyone in terms of style, um, he, he's a bit like Eric Hipwood um, when yeah. he came in. He just just has you know. Um, you know, really, really, really good uh, jump at the ball, um, takes the ball at its highest point, um, pretty good kick. Um, you know, he's he's also, I think where the comparisons to Buddy come in is just his ability below his knees and the way he moves um, and his speed. He's, you know, for, for a guy, um, for a guy as big as he is, like he, he, he can play like he's Tom Papley sometimes, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, I mean, he's definitely got some things to work on. I mean, I, I think his kicking for goal is is fine. Um, uh, just lacks probably a little bit of consistency, so that just comes with time. Um, and just, yeah, his tank, he'll need to build an AFL-level tank. But potentially this year of lockdown has, has offered him the opportunity with the Bulldogs' guidance to really work on that. So, Yeah, and I mean, I guess I, I, can, I can answer the next one in terms of... Um sort of people that we see is, or I see as top three rated. I haven't got it broken up that way for you. Uh, but the other guy that sits comfortably in that top few bracket for me is Logan McDonald. Um, I actually have on my board Logan McDonald above Jamara Uwehagen, um, which is feels dangerous at the moment because uh, nobody else that I've seen does have that. Um, but Logan McDonald, uh, for me, I have Logan McDonald above Jamara Uwehagen because I have an additional year of data on Logan McDonald. Um, he's dominating waffle football. Um, yep. He's kicking kicking bags of goals and, and really impacting. And what I've seen over the last, I don't want to, I don't know, five, 10 years um, of draft watching is that there are a lot of times where a tall will come into their final year uh, and slide off, of, off, the, off the back of bad form. Now, I don't think that would happen with Ugo Hagen. But the fact that I haven't been able to see him confirm his status as the number one pick um, has made him slide for me. So that's the only reason for that difference for me at the moment. Yeah, and that's fair. Um, I think yeah, there's a and this is kind of the year that's that's really going to. Um, it's going to be really tough because we, yeah, like you said, we're missing a year of data on a lot of players, and, and actually, probably we're talking sixty percent of the whole draft. Really, if you go by. Um, kind of previous years about how many Victorians are drafted type thing. Um, and I guess probably, so it's that recency kind of bias. I don't know how you put it. It's like, you know, kind of you evaluate the things you, you can see in front of you. And we haven't seen Jamara play for a while now, um, but, you know, um, Logan McDonald's there and he's just he's just cashing in at the moment. And, and that's fantastic for him because... Um, he, he is playing really well. He's coming in from <clears throat> probably being a, um, last year, he's probably seen as a first round talent, um, maybe pushing top 10. Um, and then this year he's just come on leaps and bounds playing against men. Um, 
and and really doing um, some great stuff over there in the waffle. I'm actually just trying to find his uh, his goal scoring for the year. Yeah, uh, I mean, so he's sitting you, you should... one, two, three. He's sitting fourth on the table. Um, yeah, with twenty one goals, twelve behinds off nine games. So you know, reasonably accurate kicking. Um, you know, averaging what's that? 12, 11 touches a game. Um, you know, which is really good. And he's taking, uh, you know, he's taking about eight marks a game, which is oh, I'm sorry, not eight marks. He's taking four, three or four marks a game, which is which is good. So, I mean, yeah, it's a really hard one. I'd love to see you know a year of tap cup football and. And that you realise how valuable the under eighteen championships are. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'd really like to see. Um, I guess this, those two things, but yeah, like uh, this, this he's, could he's all certainly... change. Wild. Sorry. You go. You go. I was going to say was... this could all change wildly because there is going to be like the All Star series and the um, and the rankings at the end of the year. But yeah, it, it would it would be nice to have more data. Yeah. Um. um I. I I've just um I've just messaged Sean because we we need to speed things up. Um, so what we've what we've done at the side of this. So Sean and I have our individual rankings, which we might post on Twitter. Um, and we've also got a consensus ranking for the top fifteen. Um, and we've got a source consensus ranking. And a source consensus ranking is there are lots of draft watchers who are considered probably experts in the media that people watch. Um, and this is giving them a consensus ranking. So assigning points for every single pick value um, and then tallying those points and ranking them by those points. So right now we'll switch to um, our consensus ranking. We still have Jamara Ugelhagen and Logan McDonald one and two and yep. have those guys as the only players that would be worth a top three pick in a standard year. Um, and... Outside of that, um, we switch into our next bracket, which is the top 10 worthy players. Now, yep. our, cons- our consensus for the top 10 worthy players is somewhat skewed due to my opinion on one player. And so I'm actually going to cover the last player on our list first, which is Elijah Hollands. Now, Elijah Hollands is seen probably by many as a, I think in the, in the standard consensus, he's seen as a consensus top three pick. Um, so the third, the third pick after those other two, for us, he's a consensus seven. Um, I just have him at, at sort of like an eight and Sean has him at six on our individual lists. Um, oh, I'm not I guess, sh- uh, my, my list was just bracketed. I, I would have him okay. at four if I'm. Yeah. So, so, so he might he might end up being actually at six on our list then, based upon that. Um, but for me, I I actually didn't like him when I watched him in under um, at his under seventeens year. Um, I know that a lot of people had him sitting at number one after his championships and his end to the season, but I don't rate his running and kicking, um, even though those are two of the things that he gets rated for. Um, and I actually think that probably by the end of the year for me, he might slide outside of this group uh, for me. But there's, a, I mean, Sean will be able to talk to some of his strengths. Um, but for me, looking at his weaknesses, I don't love his running gait. I don't love his kicking style. I think that he just bombs it long to a pack a lot of the time. Um, and there's a lot of wings that can do that that don't have to have the skills. Um, and he's coming off an ACL. Yeah. So no... So- no 
yeah, go, yeah, you go now. Yeah, so the ACL is probably the thing. Um, I, I have him, like, if you're talking uninjured talent, he would be challenging um, Logan and, and Jamara for me. But probably the thing, I don't agree with your assessment on his kicking. Um, I think his kicking is fine. It, it, he does bomb it, yes, but part of that is system-driven um, in what he's working with. But, you know, um I got to see a little bit of him at, at school footy and you see there like he's just he just um he just stands out there. And I know he's playing probably not quite against the equivalent competition as TAC, but you know, his his kicking is very penetrating. Um he he damages with his kicking. He's um uh, you would say he's he's not so much an accumulator as he is probably more of a, a damage by efficiency type player for me. Um He's got well. He had lovely agility. It'll be good to see. You know, hopefully he's recovered for the combine so he can do an agility test. It'll be good to see that um, if he if he's got that sort of thing still. Um, he hits the scoreboard. Probably the thing was and, and what he really needed the under eighteen year four and unfortunately with the the knee injury um, he he really needed the under eighteen year to define whether he was going to be a a forward midfielder or a midfielder forward or a midfielder. Um, because probably the biggest thing that we that, that I can't put my finger on is where does he actually fit? Like, what, what's his best position? Yeah. Um, so with that, um, I, I think he's lost that ability. He probably will slide, um, but I definitely think that he is um, he's certainly got the talent to really make a big impact in footy. When I when I think about kind of what he needed his under eighteen year for, I think of Cam Rayner, like that real defining what you are. Um, like Cam Rayner had the same questions coming into his top age year, and he really defined himself as a as a forward who who goes through the midfield in that year. So, um, yeah, I, I think Elijah Holland's going to be a good pickup. He would, f- I think we spoke about him for some. Who did we speak about him with? Be perfect with Sydney, I think. Yeah. Yep. So, um, Nick, well, we may as well just cover them off now, mate. So the, the yeah. number three was, was Riley Tilthorpe, number four, Denver Granger Brass. We've spoken a lot about these two guys. You're a big fan of Tilthorpe. I agree with you. I really like him. He, we were just speaking before the podcast. What does he look like? Um, uh, just to give the listeners a bit of a guide. The only player I can actually think he kind of has any similarity to is Justin Kajitsky when he was like Kajitsky before all his injuries, um, obviously. Um, and like, he, he's just a, a, a guy that big should not be that mobile. Um, good mark, pretty good kick. Um, yeah, I, I think he's just got, I mean, he could quite easily be the best player in the draft. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I don't know. You want to give some more thoughts because you're, you're a bit more across him than I would be. Yeah, I, I mean, I love him. Uh, he could be the best player in the draft, which is, I think that's always the type of player that I love. Um, I'm probably sorry, that's not fair to say on Will Gould. I don't think that Will Gould was ever going to be the best player in that draft. I just loved him. But Connor Rosie was an example. Um, yeah. It, ceiling, just real high ceiling. Um, and, and they're players that I don't know. They're, they're not locks. Um, they never are. So they're never players like a Ugo Hagen or a McDonald where you feel like, you know what? These guys are pretty good. Um, I can't see them not working. I could probably see um, Tilthorpe not working at AFL level just because there's lots of parts. They they work, and I've seen them work before, um, but he sort of has to define a position. Um, I think that he could be a pure ruck at AFL level. 
I think that he could be a pure forward at AFL level. I actually, he's the same as Kaczynski. I, I don't know where he's going to end up. Probably if he went to the Bulldogs, he would end up as a ruck. Um, and if he went to a, a club with an established tall ruck or like a, even like a Sydney, even though Sydney don't have a ruck, they have a tendency to play like just a tall that can hit the ball into the right areas. So he would probably end up being a forward there. Um, but his ceiling's huge. Um, and I mean, next was Granger Barras for us, who we both love. Um, yeah. His ability to sit and sit in the hole, read the play, lock down on a player. Um, I think that he's the, he's the best key defender in this pool and his ceiling is quite high as well. I, I really like the way he reads the play. He's taller than um, probably was last year as well. He's about three centimetres taller. Um, so he could be a real threat um, as a key position player, like a McGovern that doesn't, maybe not with the same spring, but definitely with the same reading the play ability. Yeah, so probably more Harris Andrews is probably the, the likener player that I'd put him to. He's maybe yeah. not quite as tall as Andrews, but he can hold down that number two key position, which... It's not that McGovern can't. McGovern's just better when he's not. Um, whereas I think Granger Brass could quite easily manage that number two role and still do all the good stuff that he does. Um, just, I mean, we spoke about him a lot last year. As a bottom ager, he was fantastic. Um, mind you, the skills in last year's comp weren't the best. Um, yeah. I do I do think uh, he, he's done a good job in the Waffle Seniors, especially for being quite an underweight key defender. Um, I mean, the, the weight listing at the start of the season was 78 kilos. I really hope he's he stacked on about six kilos from that. Um, but he did, um, he played on Logan McDonald, um, I think it was in August. And I think he, probably one thing that, that I really love in watching um, young players is, is seeing when they're faced with adversity and seeing how they rebound. Um, and you know, I only watched the highlight package, but it, it didn't look like he had a good, you know, first quarter, two quarters, maybe even two and a half quarters of the game. But he really fought back, and he and he made some really big plays in that in that second half against Logan, and, and really competed very well. Um, and I really just love that mental resilience from from a kid like that. Um, so you know, he's going to need it as a key defender because you're going to get bags kicked on you occasionally. You know, even Alex Rance, you know, Sauce, they all had bags kicked on them. <laughs> um, yep. So you really need that ability to bounce back as a key defender like that. And and Harris Andrews the same, you know, again, he's had bags kicked on him, but um, all of them kind of forget about it and move on. And that's what I really yep. love to see from a kid like Granger Brass. So, yeah, very, very good. Um, next up we've got, well, we can talk about Will Phillips and Reef McInnes, who are the next two. They're more midfielders. Um, yeah, Will, Will Phillips is like a hardened body. Um, I've heard some people saying that um, they've heard reports he's just as good as um, what's his name? Who went pick one Real. last year? Rao. And that's not true. He's not as good as Rao. Um, but he's just not as powerful um, as Rao. He's as hard. He definitely doesn't give up on a contest, but he's much more like a Brad Crouch um, type of player at this stage um, where he's tart and tough and all of these other sort of things, but he's just not as powerful and probably doesn't have as much skill, but he's one of those, you know, he's probably a player that I'd like to see go to the Gold Coast. Um, just add another really good midfielder, um, keep bringing those kind of players through and Reef McInnes um, is powerful, which is the opposite. Um, he's the opposite of Will Phillips. He's less consistent 
He can play forward, back or midfield, but I see him probably being a big bodied midfielder in future, um, the type of player that Sean really loves. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm probably well on record to say I really do love Reef McInnes. Um, I think he's he's um, Collingwood's yeah lucky because they've effectively got a uh, an inside contested ball winning ball um, to you know I guess allow Trelaw and Adams to to step out of the contest in, in a few years time and and when Pendles is potentially retired, who knows when Pendles will retire because he's He's aging like a very nice Grange at the moment. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I love Reef McInnes. I like what he does. Again, would have loved to have seen him this year um, to really lock down on on where he fits. Um, I see him probably going somewhere between six and twelve uh, for a bid. Yep. Uh, I think Collingwood will be hoping for the latter, um, obviously to match. Um, but yeah, he's he's uh, like he's you know he's 190 something centimeter, 190. Two in the ring, yeah, 192. Yeah. Um, and he's just, yeah, he's just a big, big unit. Um, and, and he can go forward, um, and, and hit the scoreboard. So, um, it, it's it, it'd be interesting with him. Um, but probably with, with Will Phillips, it was funny. You watch him, and um, I understand why people want to compare him to Matt Rao because they want someone to come in and impact. I mean, Walsh was the year before, and We've kind of had this luxury where the last two number one picks have just been, you know, AFL ready. Um, and, and while Phillips is not going to go number one, he, he is an AFL ready midfielder to me. Um, you know, he's only 180 centimetres. So again, he's not that that next generation tall midfielder. But then Matt Rowell's, you know, I think about the same height. Um, he, he, he He's really good in a contest, Phillips. Um I don't particularly think he's a great kick. <laughs> no, it would have been would have been interesting to see Will Phillips and Sarong go head to head. Um yeah. if because like he's a little bit taller than Sarong. Um he probably plays a little bit more pure mid than Sarong, but Sarong's abilities have shone at AFL level because he's good he's a reasonable kick as well. Um yeah. so he can sort of cause some damage. So I think that probably while he sits fifth on our list this year, he probably would have sat maybe just behind Sarong if he was in, in last year's pool. Um, and that for us rounds out the guys that we sort of see as top 10 worthy. That's only seven players. So I do see this as being a shallower pool. Um, so not um, not compromised as much because of the pure, um, it's not fair. I mean, it is. It's compromised that, that pick one or pick two will be Jamara Ugelhagen, but not as compromised as what people are saying. Uh, but compromise because it's not very good uh, is probably that there's not as much depth as usual. So, well, I think it's next... hard to really assess what the depth properly is. So, like, yeah, you're 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 right. You you are right. So it's shallower than this year because you don't have people bolting up and we don't have people bolting backwards. Um, but just to just to round out the episode, we'll go through the players that we have in our next sort of. Um, and next sort of bracket, uh, and that's Nathan O'Driscoll, uh, Braden Campbell, Alex Davies, Tanner Brun, um, Finlay McRae, Zane True, Lockie Jones, and Oliver Henry. Um, and we've got those in in a loose order at the moment. Um, but I guess the difference between our list and the, the consensus list is that we um, have guys like Oliver Henry um, and. 
Zane True, who we probably both think sit within that bracket, just I think size and flexibility. And I think that Oliver Henry and Zane True probably will come into that bracket because they're both big. They both have the potential to play multiple roles um, and cause some real impact. Um, and there are guys for us like Nathan O'Driscoll. Um, and I think Nathan O'Driscoll is probably the biggest one who's sort of moves up in our rankings because he's got the ability to play as a big-bodied midfielder. He's playing some waffle footy as well. Um Whereas the, yeah, for some of the other guys, um, I'll go through the source consensus list so you can sort of see where the, they see the pool sitting. So from pick one, they have uh, Jamari Uguhagen, Logan McDonald, uh, Elijah Hollands rounding out the top three. Then they have Tilthorpe, Will Phillips, Tanner Brune, Braden Campbell, Devin Gra- uh, Denver Granger Barras, Lockie Jones at nine, and Reef McInnes at ten. Then Finlay McRae, Nathan O'Driscoll, Alex Davies, Heath Chapman, who's a key defender. And Archie Perkins at fifteen. Um, Perkins so sort is of an interesting strong. one as well. Yeah, but, he is an interesting player. I get, for, for me, the most interesting difference between the two lists is Tanner Brune. A lot of people have Tanner Brune inside their top five, um, saying that he's you know uh, impressive, classy midfielder. They haven't actually seen him since under sixteens. Um, he's had injuries since that point, um, so he missed his under seventeens year. He's missed his under-18s year because we've had this um, COVID to deal with. Yeah. Um, and, and that, for me, is huge. It, I, I don't think comparing somebody at under-16s level to what they could be like now yeah. is fair. Um, and that's been the major reason for him sliding. And I, and I think it's reflected in both. Like I've got him just scraping into the top 10, but with a, a comment on saying not sold, and I think you've got him about 14. Um, certainly a top-end talent and... You know, one of those ones that, you know, could make us look very silly. Yeah. Yeah. I've got to wrap up, mate. Um, Sorry to the listeners who wanted to hear us continue to go on. We're going to finish this one inside 30 minutes, though. Thanks again for listening um, and look forward to doing some longer episodes with you soon, mate. Yeah, sounds good, mate. We'll do we'll do a bit more of an in-depth dive on the on the rest of those lists uh, probably next podcast as well and hopefully we've got an answer for the, for the list sizes. So thanks, everyone, for listening and thanks, John, again and I uh, hope everyone's keeping well. See you guys. Bye. If you constantly worry that the worst is going to happen, you're not alone. One in four Australians will experience anxiety. No one anxiety is talking. Visit Beyond Blue to start a life beyond anxiety.